Bold and raw perspectives of local politics. Important information which impacts our community, nation, and world. Exposing truth, transparency, and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media. And always keeping it real. It's the Michelle Tanner Podcast. But I won't back down. Welcome, everyone, to the Michelle Tanner Podcast. Super excited. Two episodes today, by the way. I want to do everything I can to get this vital information out to the public. So share these videos, make comments, ask questions. This is designed to be a community platform where we can really make a difference and get vital truths and information and transparency out there to the public. So I'm really excited about my guest who I'll introduce you here to in just a second. His name is Brad Bennett and he is running for St. George City Council. First of all, I just have to stress how important our local elections are wherever you live in the country. It is the local level where things start and end. That's how we really restore America is grassroots. It is our backyards. It is our local community. So please get out and vote. People have literally died for your right to vote. And if you're not voting, that's a slap in the face to America. It really is. So please get involved. Please don't be apathetic. Please vet your candidates. That's why I'm trying to have as many candidates on as I can to give them the opportunity to get vital information out about where they stand. So ballots are being mailed out literally this week. So be watching for those. Final voting deadline is September 5th for this primary election. And I will tell you, here in St. George, this is a pivotal time. We can either restore some of these fundamental principles and values that make our city America great, or we can veer further off course to this leftist, progressive, big government, low value agenda that literally I can tell you there's a concerted effort to turn us in to a little mini Salt Lake down here, which I know under my watch, I'm not going to allow that to happen, which is why I'm passionate about making sure that candidates who support the values, the constitution, the proper role of government have a a voice and ability to let people know really where they stand. With that said, any candidate is welcome on this podcast. But let's really delve in now with Brad Bennett. So I got to know Brad actually a little while ago through the, I think it was initially through the Dixie name change, this cancel culture, which again is going on across this country. And here in St. George, Utah, we have not been spared from that removal of the Dixie name, which is not racist at all. Uh, you know, that's not the roots and maybe Brad can touch on this a little bit, but I appreciated that Brad was not afraid to stand up and say, this isn't right. He wasn't afraid to be a voice as I've been a council member. He is a community member who has not been afraid to reach out with solutions or questions of, Hey, maybe we should be doing this. And, you know, very educated questions, very 
viable solutions that he's brought forward. So I really appreciate that he's been willing to put his name out there because inevitably in the political realm, it takes guts to put your name out there because especially if you have something good to say, your name's going to be flung through the mud, right? So let's just start, Brad. I want you to tell us who is Brad Bennett? Who is this guy sitting right here putting his hat in the ring for St. George City Council? Yeah, thanks. So thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm Brad Bennett, as she said, and I've uh, been a lifelong resident of St. George. I was, uh, you know, born here and uh, I grew up here. I went to school here, uh, Dixie Middle School, Dixie High School, Dixie College. Uh, my dad was, uh, you know, pretty high up in the, uh, uh, the Washington County School District. Over all of it, he was over uh, all of the education uh, for the elementaries. And so, um, you know, I just have a, a strong tie to this place. I've, I've always loved it here. I, it was never a question that I was going to stay here. You know, I had family members who had no choice but to leave because they got degrees that just simply did not afford them to have a, a job here. And that's still the case. And so I knew early on I was going to have to probably, you know, be a business owner. And I've always had a passion and a drive to be a business owner, an entrepreneur. So, but it's hard, you know, making that your way in St. George, especially back then, you know. So it was, I could have moved to another city and done much better even, you know, and I've done very well for myself. I've made a lot of money and <clears throat> put myself in a financial situation where I can do this, which is great. But yeah, there's no doubt that, you know, everybody pays a price to some degree to enjoy this lifestyle here, at least financially, typically. And uh, there's things we can do. We can talk about that to improve that. And there are some initiatives for that. Um, I have uh, two kids. I have a a 27-year-old son and a brand new grandson. Oh, congratulations. Four four months old. And then I have um, a daughter who's 18 and she's just going to college now. So um, very excited about that. And, uh, but I just like, uh, I just love this town. I I envision myself always living here and, uh, I want to make sure that we preserve the, what I had growing up for everybody. Yeah. And I really feel that passion from you. Anytime I've heard you speak of truly your love for the community and, I really don't think that you would be, you know, putting yourself out there even like this if you didn't feel like it was worth preserving, protecting. So what do you see as some of your your top issues, concerns that you would like to see addressed if you are to get elected onto the city council? I think that the the biggest thing cuz there are many, but the the thing that really got me here in the first place it, it was the, the lack of community engagement, the lack of listening to their constituents, you know, and this is not just city government, although, you know, the whole state government, of course, we see it nationwide as well. But this whole Dixie name change was really a situation where our legislators were not listening to their constituents because it was overwhelmingly clear, right, that the majority of Utahns and the supermajority or the vast majority of Southern Utahns were absolutely against this, and yet they still voted to remove it. So after being involved in all of that, you know, that, that forced me into really looking at the root causes of why this is happening and how we're going to stop it. 
And that's what's led me to be here now today. Yeah. What do you feel like the root causes were of that situation? The, the root causes, we have elected leaders who are getting elected and they're pushing their own personal hidden agendas. And they are literally um, not listening to their constituents. Right. Would you have supported the the mayor here in St. George not too long ago announced that she would be removing the public comment portion of our city council meetings that we traditionally had once a month? They have since in a limited capacity been restored. But if you were on the council at that time, what would have been your position about limiting or eliminating altogether public comment? I would have never stood for it, not for uh, half a second. I would have been very outspoken about that. Um, I, I just, that is the most un-American and uh, a thing that I can imagine. You know, we need a community who's involved. The more the community is involved, the more unity we create. So that was extremely divisive and almost borderline, you know, infringing on our First Amendment. Yeah, and I appreciate your position on that. That was, there's been several scenarios, but that was one scenario for me sitting on the council. And obviously I was in opposition to that and and made my position public of being in opposition to that. No other council member during that meeting though said that they disagreed and and maybe they did personally, maybe they didn't. I don't really know. All I know is what I, I hear through the grapevine, but as a representative of the community, there is no more important place to use your voice for the positions for representing we the people than when you are in that situation in a public meeting to voice your opinion. And so I would have really appreciated someone with, with your stance and position on that in yes. that scenario. I, I would have appreciated the other four to do it as well. Um, I, I wasn't at that meeting, but I was uh, watching it via the video link live. And, you know, I, I know that there was for sure at least one council member who was asked by a member, you know, a, a, a community member in the audience, right? There was an attendance there that asked uh, one of the uh, of, of the board of the council members w what they thought about that as they walked out the, the room and they said nothing. Yeah. Interesting. Silence is a problem when you are an elected representative. I don't get the feeling that you're going to be <laughs> silent. Well, I can't be. You know, I, I have a job to do if I get elected, and that is to be the representative of, of the people of St. George. And when I know that something is happening, right, that's for sure against what they want, I, I really have to, I have to be compelled to, to act and, and to speak out. So what are some other core values issues that you see going forward that you would like to see addressed if you're on the council? Uh, ordinance integrity is a big one. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of liabilities created for the city literally because they're just failing to follow their own ordinances that they created. You know, um, when you don't follow an ordinance to the letter as a city, then you set a precedent that makes it almost impossible to enforce at all. And that causes lawsuits and again, just all sorts of confusion and problems. And so they've made it, it's been a, a sloppy situation because now if I do become a council me uh, member, uh, then I'm going to have to start going through a lot of ordinances and start uh, 
putting in the effort with attorneys and everybody else to uh, get them cleaned up and so that we can start enforcing them and limit ourselves from these liabilities that are costing the taxpayer a lot of money. And if it is an ordinance that we don't want to be following, then get rid of it, right? Right, exactly. I mean, it, it, there's lots of outdated ordinances. Some probably just need to be gone entirely and others need to be updated, but there is a process for that. Yeah. And the process is not to break it. It's to get it on the agenda and then figure out what you're going to do and, and uh, alter it or remove it as needed and then go from there. Right. And I like that you bring a lot of private sector business experience where you have found success in that area, because I do find a lot of times that that experience, you know, I'm a business owner as well. And having that experience of how to run something successfully outside yes. of government, yeah. that's really valuable experience to bring. So what are some of the other issues? I know on your website, you talk about water, infrastructure, protecting our children and families. Do you want to hit on your positions on those things as well? Sure. So um, I'm one of the few candidates who actually took the time to, because I really wanted to understand from various department heads, uh, what is going on with the city, what their take is on it, uh, how they feel about how they're being treated, how, how they feel about whether they're getting enough funding and support. And I find that, uh, you know, that a lot of departments are underfunded and some have even used the word unsustainable. And so this is going to have to get corrected, especially when we're talking about uh, public safety and, and uh, infrastructure, right? These are the things that we absolutely have an obligation to fund first. And if we're funding them first, then why are we not having enough money to take care of them? How, how many times out of your paycheck... Uh, after paying your mortgage first, where you, did you come up short on the mortgage? Well, right. zero, because you paid it first, right? And that's what we should be doing with, uh, you know, infrastructure and public safety. And so, and most of the people that I talked to said that no other candidate had even bothered to reach out to them. And that's, that's disappointing. Interesting. So how many department heads did you reach out to and meet with? Because I, I find that impressive uh, that you took the time to do that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it took, it took many hours because these meetings weren't short, most of them. Uh, you know, so I, I met with uh, Public Works. I met with uh, Economic Development. I met with the police, uh, uh, fire. Um, I met with the Washington County Assessor. So just to name a few. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you hate parks? Why would I hate parks? <laughs> I have no. to ask that to yeah. anyone who somehow gets associated with me because oh. the the criticism that my opponents like to use okay. against me and they like to link, you know, anyone to me is, oh, they hate parks, which I've debunked that several times about myself. I do not hate parks. I support parks. I support recreation. I understand the benefit it brings to the community. I do believe in prioritizing our budget and public safety infrastructure there is at the top of that list. But I want to give you the opportunity to address that as well, because just you being on the show, that may be a right, criticism sure. that people throw out against well, you. Well, I have, I, I, I love parks and I like the trails and I use those things, you know, I have, a, I have a black lab. So we go to the park with our dog, you know, pretty regular. Uh, our dog loves it. We love it. Uh, we, do, we take the dog on the trails uh, with us sometimes. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're great amenities. Um, and it's a great way for the general public 
to actually see a, a, something tangible with their tax dollars that they can actually directly benefit from. So I think that's important too. But just like anything, right, we have to be, we, ha- we do have to be smart how we spend our money. And there's no such thing as a budget that where you don't have to prioritize. You have X amount of dollars and X amount of things you want to do. And those, everything you want to accomplish has to have a priority uh, attached to it. And you got to fund them in those order, in that order. Right. So what else? What other big issues? Water. Water. What's your stance on on water and how that should be addressed and managed as a city? So I did. Oh, that's one of the department heads I spoke with as well was the Water Conservancy District. And uh, it was very enlightening. Is this uh, Zach Renstrom? Yes. No, Zach is great, great. Great guy. I think overall, I have to say, Water Conservancy District is really doing a pretty good job overall. Um Obviously, everyone can improve, and and we we do need to always strive to improve. I don't I don't ever want to hear from any city employee or council member or you know any department head uh, that we can't improve because you never reach perfection, but you also never stop trying. Um, that being said, you know water is going to be a concern for us always. I don't believe there'll ever be a time where we're not talking about water, and so that really leads us into, you know, growth, right? So we have to make sure if we don't have water and we don't have the infrastructure and we don't have the power to support growth, right, then, then that's, that actually becomes a serious issue. So we have to stay ahead of the curve. Right now with water, we're slightly behind the curve. Um, there are projects online to fix that at least in the short term, right? Right. Uh, but it's always going to be that way. You're always going to probably be a little ahead and then a little behind and a little ahead and a little behind. And and these are projects that are based off of our current growth. Um, we, had, we do have to share this water with the bulk of the county. And it, it is also based on hypotheticals, right? I mean, these are projects over the next 20 years that we expect to happen. So if there's a hiccup in that, that could be a problem. And we just have to monitor that very, very closely and make sure that we're using smart, sustained growth practices. I agree. Yeah, we have to be very forward thinking when it comes to water. We've got Warner Valley Reservoir that's been in the works for quite a few years that we really need there. We've got our water reuse center, which is really important. And especially moving forward as that's more of the shift of of reusing water completely, but storing it in graveyard wash. So I'm with you. We need to definitely be forward thinking on those yeah, projects. And, 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 and this was also told to me, I haven't verified it, but it had been told to me that we hadn't added any really actual new water just that was solely owned by St. George since the 90s. And if that is true, then I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime that our city has the opportunity to have water that can be specifically for St. George, we cannot miss those opportunities. Right. So are you a roadblock? Put up the, the roadblock. We're done growing guy. Are you a <laughs> let them all come in guy? Tell me your, your position. Yeah, on- well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist conservative, right? So uh, I, I don't believe in stifling uh, free market any more than is absolutely necessary, right? If we don't have to, we shouldn't. Um, provided we have the ability to grow um, and let the free market just behave normally, then f- that's really what we want to aim for. But in the event we don't, well, again, we want to make sure that we use, we're very calculated and very careful to make sure that we don't have big 
you know, uh, peaks and valleys in, in our construction industry. I mean, our economy is too closely tied to this. Right. So growth is something, I mean, St. George is the greatest place to live in the United States, right? Amen. Everybody wants to come here and they're going to keep coming and we have to plan for that in a, in a very smart strategic way. So I, I, growth is essential and we can't stop it, but we can be smart about how we do it. Yeah. So you've mentioned the importance of being a voice for the people and that really allowing everyone to have a voice brings unity. So what are some ways that you would bring that voice and unity to the community? I'm so glad you asked. So um, I'm going to do some things that really haven't been done before um, that I know of from a city council member. And this is because I really want to make sure that on these big issues that we're getting it right, you know, and that we're including the community as much as we possibly can. That, again, that creates unity. It creates trust. Um, It's just an absolute necessity. You know, we're a constitutional republic first, right? We got to always follow the constitution. But then you get past that and you're at this level, you're a representative democracy as well. And so provided that no one's asking you to violate the Constitution, then really it's the people that should have the say. And and anybody who's elected to this position, that is pretty much the oath they're taking is that they're going to represent the majority of their constituents. And so one of the reasons, there's two reasons why I think that doesn't happen. I think one is because it's just there's clearly a personal or or hidden agenda. And then the second one is um, when it doesn't happen can simply because be because they didn't put in the due diligence to actually know. So I'm not going to be guilty of that any more than, than I, than I need to be. You know, I, I want to put in that extra work and make sure that I'm getting it right as much as I can, because it is hard, right. um, but it needs to be done. It's an important task. And so I want to, uh, I want to advocate for polls and surveys to be on the city website And not just that, because if I ask the community their opinion on something, but I've done a lot of due diligence on that issue, talked to various experts and put in all kinds of work to make sure I'm coming up with some good solutions, right? I have to disseminate that information in a very easy uh, to understand way first. So once I educate them and get them up to par with the the effort that I've put in on it, then I can start asking their questions and get real good feedback. And this will be, you know, uh, a cross-section of every person in, in St. George would have the opportunity to respond to that. So that's huge. Um, and I think that'd be very valuable if I can't get the, uh, enough council members to agree to do this. You know, I, I've said, I will, uh, on some of these big issues, I will just do the polling myself. I will always pay for out of my own pocket. That's how much I care about it. Um, the other thing I want to do is, is a listening tour and I don't call it a town hall because it's not for me to go lecture anybody, right? It's for me to actually sit there and actually listen to the constituents, find out what their real concerns are, especially since, as you know, they, they you know, can't speak very much at city council. So they need an outlet where that can be done. And then I can take that information back to the other council members and they would be invited to come as well. Yeah. And I like that because I can tell you it's a lot different being able to have a face-to-face conversation with someone or, or even in the council meeting where someone can physically come, make their comment a matter of public record versus someone sending an email. It's a lot easier to overlook an email, to not really understand the context of an email versus what you're proposing, I think is actually a lot more effective and ultimately, People want to feel heard. I think that is 
a key point that you hit on is the root of some of this division that people talk about in the community. I think that's really a root cause is just this feeling of not yeah. being heard. So I appreciate that that's a priority for I you. I agree. I think that's that's really, there's been a departure from that. And that's really why campaign centered around. You know, we all often use the slogan, you know, a vote for Brad Bennett is a vote for your voice to finally be heard. And so that's, that is our goal. And when you do that, you'll find that the problems that we're having that have taken St. George uh, um, to on a different direction from where we want to be, you know, the, in, the, the clear um, intention of some to turn this into a Salt Lake or worse uh, environment, you know, all gets alleviated by actually just going and doing what the majority of our community members want. Right. So you mentioned the Constitution. Yeah. Would you be in support of a mandatory constitutional continuing education for anyone who is swearing an oath to the Constitution, some type of a course, a training in regard to the Constitution? Yeah, 100%. Um, you can't uphold the Constitution if you don't know what it is. And there is no elected official who doesn't have that obligation. So 100%. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem I see a lot of times, even from our, our education system, all the way up to when you ask someone running for office, you know, when's the last time you've read the Constitution oh. is so many people just put that on the back burner. They don't really understand it. And so keeping that in the forefront. I, I like that you've mentioned that a few times. So I appreciate that. Yeah. In fact, this was an interesting thing. I went through a, a fair number of the candidates' websites and just to kind of glimpse about what, what they were about. And, you know, I couldn't find the I couldn't find the word constitution or conservative on too many sites. That's that's unfortunate. And it's interesting because you'll hear this narrative of this is a nonpartisan race. So we don't care about some of these, say, social issues or party affiliations or ideology, which to me, that does not make any sense, regardless of this being a, a nonpartisan race, somebody's ideology deeply influences the way they make decisions regarding the whole future of what this city looks like. Because I'll tell you right now, you put five Democrats, five leftists onto this city council, this city will not look the same in five years and it will be for the worse. I can guarantee that. Yeah. I think that's what makes this election so important is that if you've lived here a while, like I have, you can clearly see if you've been really paying closely attention attention at all. In some cases, you don't even have to pay close attention because it was on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. But you see a a clear shift, right, uh, of this progressive agenda coming into St. George, and and it is clearly to um, turn us into something more that looks like Salt Lake or North Salt Lake, and and. Um, that that has to get stopped, and and it's growing at an exponential rate. That that uh, movement, right? And so I really fear about what would happen in the next four years if the people are not being represented properly on this this next election in in, in the council. So that's really that's why I'm running. I've always long said, look, if I if I was, you know, 
in love with the candidate list, you know, and I really thought I could throw my support um, to enough people that I thought that, that, that could win, you know, that, that uh, I didn't have to do it, then, right. I, then I wouldn't. But I'm a concerned citizen. I'm not a, a career politician. Believe me, I can find many other things that I could do with my time, right? And as you know, the pay is not good. And I'm, <laughs> right. I'm happy about that, actually, because this is, in my opinion, this is public service. I don't want it to be good. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do what I can to save our city and to really just make sure that this departure of our core values is not is not uh, continuing. Yeah. And that brings us to another issue that I know you've mentioned is protecting children. Give us your thoughts on that. Well, so I'm glad you asked that. That's obviously a hot topic and we don't have to really guess where the majority of our, uh, you know, of, of the residents stand on that, right? It's pretty obvious. Right. And I've talked to many, as I'm sure you have, and they've, plus we, you know, they've also expressed their concern in public meetings. So it, it's not uh, a secret where they stand on this. And it's definitely the majority wants to see something happen there. And they deserve for something to happen there. And that's, it's a necessity. We just cannot have age inappropriate content or material in public open spaces or even closed spaces where children would likely be present. And that's not too much to ask, right? That, that has to happen. And that's, uh, that's an ordinance that will be applied, you know, equally to every group. So there's, there's nobody being, uh, you know, discriminated against. It's just those are our core uh, community values, and we're going to uphold them. And we need to get a, a, a constitutional attorney to help write that ordinance. We need to make sure that we're doing it in a way that is constitutionally uh, correct, we need to do it in a way that it's upholding all laws, and we need to make sure that um, that you know that it's, they can withstand legal um, scrutiny, so that we can get, enact this as soon as possible. Yeah, and one thing that I love that you mentioned to me in a past conversation, and you briefly mentioned it here, is you're really putting yourself out there and doing this because. You can't trust anyone else to do it. That's I think right. you've been in this game <laughs> long right. enough, you know, involved with council members and your concerns as a concerned citizen to now realize if you want to get certain things done, you've got to get it done yourself and you know what you're going yeah. to do in that situation. Yeah. And so I appreciate that you have that personality, though, and that that sense of personal responsibility, because that's missing here in America today is that sense of personal responsibility versus this entitlement and victimization and oppression narrative that the leftists want to put out there. So I appreciate that you're stepping you. up, you're taking the personal responsibility because I can tell you in this current city council race, and, and I'm sure races across the country, you can see this as well. But in this current race, I see this, this group here of true conservative voices that have the backbone, the integrity to uphold the values of the community, to keep government in its lane. Right. And then you've got another group over here that, you know, you can look and see where they're aligned. It's not really that hard. You don't have to yeah. go looking too far yeah, to see who's usually. aligning with more of this leftist progressive agenda. And I will tell you that side runs deep. There's a lot of money being funneled to that side. I mean, it runs all the way up to Governor Cox is sharing 
social media posts that say vote for Larkin, which is the known, you know, probably furthest on that leftist side. No doubt. And so I find it really interesting, this this dichotomy, and it's getting more and more apparent of of who stands for what. So what has been your experience in this race? Have you experienced any attacks? Has it been a good experience for you? <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's what you make it. But, um, you know, uh, yes, I have. Of course, I've had rumors spread about me. I've had uh, vandalism on my signs. You know, these are things that I always expected to happen. You know, anytime that there's two sides to an issue, you know, when you have somebody who wants to push a hidden agenda and you have others who are fighting like me against that and trying to represent the people, you, you know, you're going to have some people that uh, obviously want to stop that. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've had lots of uh, vandalism of signs and and uh, and personal attacks. But, Which is a crime, by the way, for anyone yeah, who yes. doesn't know, it is a so, crime when you vandalize somebody's signs. Yeah, and, and obvious. And we and we have cameras on some of them now. And, you know, and if it continues, we'll catch them. But, uh you know, I have I can't focus on that though. You know, yeah. my focus is about doing the people's business, right? And 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 all of us have been burned in the past, right? We voted for somebody that we thought was good, or we didn't. Maybe we didn't. Maybe they were too vague, or maybe they just lied, and we voted them in, and then they didn't do what we 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 wanted. Wait. A politician <laughs> that lied? And so <laughs> that's why I have to do this, right? Because this is such an important election that I just can't, I have to be sure of yeah. at least the one, at least one, right? Me. So right. I know I can do better than is being done now. And that's not to brag. I just, I just know I can. And I know what I will do. And I, I and you, the people will get genuine representation with no hidden agenda. I have nothing to gain from this at all. other than the betterment of St. George. And quite frankly, that's good enough for me. And on positive notes, I know that you mentioned you grew up here. You always want to stay here. You want your kids to be able to stay here. What are some other things that you really love about St. George that you think we are doing right here in St. George? Things that you would like to see reinforced here that we're doing good in St. George or maybe even other avenues that could be brought in to maintain our children being able to stay here in the area. So some of the good things that we are doing is that, you know, and I'm not trying to plug Tech Ridge because there's other many uh, opportunities that we're going to have like that. Um, but we absolutely need an initiative that's going to bring in new businesses, new industries, not necessarily anything that's going to, you know, contribute to pollution, but a lot of it uh, intellectual, you know, um, type uh, property type uh, in- industries. And that's kind of how Tech Ridge is designed right now is to bring in uh, nobody really manufactures up there, hardly at all, if, if at all. And it, it'll be an opportunity where we can actually have programs at Utah Tech, right, and other schools, Dixie Tech, where we can actually have programs that people can go to school here, get a complete degree and live here and work here and have a, a decent wage. And so we need to continue with initiatives like that and just make sure that we're doing it in a way that's, again, in line with with our uh, capabilities on our infrastructure and water and power. Yeah, I like that. So we've talked about a lot of things that people can find on your website. What are maybe some things that off the cuff people won't find out about you on your website that maybe you could enlighten everyone with about you in regards to this race or really anything that you would 
want to share? Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, I, I didn't really elaborate. I've owned a lot of businesses, which has given me a lot of experience. And I've managed literally hundreds of employees and subcontractors wow. and, and aco- across a very diverse range of businesses. And what, what that, the reason I've been able to do that is because I have the fundamentals of business down, right? So one, I started a restaurant. Okay, I didn't know anything about restaurants. Now, granted, I was smart enough to purchase a franchise, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got some of it figured out for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of it figured out. Um, but, you know, people said to me, well, why on earth would you do that? Right? That's not anything to do with the business you have now. Because I like challenges. That's for one. And two, I'm a kind of a foodie. That's not going to be on there. <laughs> I, I love, you know, I love fine dining. A, a food of all kind, even food truck, everything. I, I love food from every part of the world. Love it. And, uh, but I find, I said, it doesn't really matter if it's food or it doesn't matter if it's a service. It doesn't matter if it's a product. All of the business of fundamentals to make that work are pretty much all the same. So I can, I can do, I can run just about any business. Uh, and, and I, I can put in the work to learn what I need to learn. And I'm going to use these same skills and I can negotiate really well. Um, you know, I, I pay a lot less for things than a lot of other people do. Um, just simply because I'm a good negotiator, right? And I'm smart with my money. Um, and we need to use those those same business practices and those ideals in our city government because right now it does not feel like that's happening. You know, a Sandtown uh, Park bathroom for $850,000, I don't know how many people have been to one of the bathrooms in one of our parks. Not to say that they're not good, they're decent bathrooms, but do they look to anyone like they're worth $850,000. It does seem a high. And I'm pretty confident we could have a as good or better bathroom built at a much cheaper price than that. So any dollar we save is absolutely critical because these are sacred sacred funds from our taxpayers, from our residents. And we need to be very careful how we spend it. Absolutely. Yeah. Any efficiencies we can find. And I love that you bring that that private sector experience and an inventor as well. Is that right? That is, yeah. So inventor and innovator. So I, I, I've, I've improved various products and I've invented brand new products and I have been doing that since my 20s, actually. And I've got a bunch of new products I've just invented that haven't been marketed yet. So, wow. um, but yeah, uh, I, I just, like I said, I just, I love business. I love uh, inventing things. I love problem solving and, um, I'm just going to put those skills to work for the people of St. George. I, I'm in a position I can do it now. And, and you do uh, I'm going to. You seem to me like someone who is also very service oriented. And I believe you've done some volunteer work right here in, in volunteering for various positions and nonprofit yes. groups and helping to continue to maintain our heritage here in Utah's Dixie. Yep. So I'm part of a, a nonprofit organization, which the sole purpose is to you know, protect the history, heritage, and culture of, of southwestern Utah. And then I'm also on uh, a, a board member of the Washington County Historical Society with a, a, a fantastic initiative to not only collect oral histories before that opportunity is completely gone, um, all, we're also working on initiatives to take all of the history that we can get our hands on, get it digitized, get it into a database, and make it so it's searchable worldwide for researchers, uh, residents, students, everybody. It's, it's a fantastic way to preserve our history and heritage. We have to we have to learn from the past, and we have to remember and appreciate the hard work that has been put in to this area 
for us to enjoy what we have now. You know, Absolutely. I'm very grateful for the sacrifice that has been made for us to have this amazing town that we live in. And uh, I don't ever want that to be forgotten. I, and I want to make sure that we realize that those same characteristics and values of those early pioneers are are important to a society. And that's what's going to continue to make us great is by um, mirroring those attributes. And your roots run deep here, it sounds <laughs> they like. Do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I have, uh, yeah, I'm related to a lot of those people. That's so great. So we have just a few seconds left here. Last thoughts on where people can find you for more information. How can they help you? Because I think after learning more, you'll, I mean, I already know you have a lot of yeah. support, but final thoughts. Well, for one, I appreciate, I've always supported you and um, I'm happy to do that. I think that's why we have a connection is simply because we do um, align uh, on almost every issue. And so that's fantastic. Uh, people can go to my website. It's electbradbennett.com. And uh, there you're going to see the most, in my opinion, the most comprehensive website of any candidate. And I put a lot of work into that so that you can be an informed voter. Awesome. Check them out. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the Michelle Tanner podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down. This has been a production from a podcast studio.